get started. Uh, welcome everyone to episode seven of Nanya. Nanya um, business. That's right. right. That's is that what right. it is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a fan already. All right. <laughs> so this is the podcast about Vancouver entrepreneurs that are changing the game in their industry. So in the studio today, we have former CFL player and founder of Movement Lab Sports Performance Clinic, Dr. Jeff Allman. Call me Jeff. Welcome to the show. <laughs> I always feel weird when it, someone calls me Dr. Jeff, but I paid enough for it. You, you should, I should yeah, accept it, right? You bought that title? Whenever, that you yeah, whenever I get a plane a plane ticket, I'll put doctor. It's like, oh, Mr., Mrs. Yeah, that's right. You get to choose. Doc, I'm like, doc, you could choose it too, though. Oh, really? You, you don't have, you don't like you don't obligated. Have proof. You don't have to give your really? license. No. You but aren't it. you obligated, like, if there's a crisis on board, like on a plane? Yeah. Aren't you like. Yeah, there's like. I've been involved in in someone who had um, a deep vein thrombosis on a flight. What? Yeah. Tell us that. That's a great way to start uh, the episode. Tell us that story. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think I was on my way to France. Yeah. No, no. Where was I going? I think was this like just a random business a trip? Or? Well, I worked. I worked um, after I finished school. I ended up working in um, as a consultant for for athletes, mm -hmm. and I worked for the um, Chinese national speed skating team. Whoa. Yeah, it was pretty crazy to work with them. And I worked yeah. with the Barbados National Track uh, Cycling Association. How did you – That right. I mean, like, I know you're in the <laughs> CFL. I know you've had a lot of athletic background, but, yeah. like, that seems a little bit – Well, it's it's not too far outside the realm of chance meetings and, you know, how life works, right? It's just yeah, like professional right sports is just, like, perpetuates well, that those happened, meetings. It kind of happened through a couple of uh, different vectors, I think uh, – First, I went to the University of Calgary, mm -hmm. and in Calgary, you're at elevation, and there's uh, it's cheap. Oh. You got less taxes, so there's a, a lot, lot of training international there. training in at Calgary. the Calgary '88 Olympic uh, uh, speed skating revolt at the University of Calgary. Right. So I went to the University of Calgary, mm -hmm. and I trained there. And through my training, we had amazing coaches. We had uh, Les Gramantic, who's the head coach. I don't know if he still is, but he was a head coach for the uh, track and field Canadian track and field team. And he was helping um, our football program with uh, sp certain speed, sp uh, speed and conditioning uh, drills and, mm -hmm. and techniques. And we also have Stu McMillan, who's now the uh, head coach at Al Altus track uh, program down in, I can't remember, I think it's Arizona. Mm -hmm. And he houses, it's like professional sprinters go and train with him. Really? And he was one of our coaches. So we had amazing, oh, amazing wow. coaches going through our, our football program. Yeah. Because we had great facilities too. We had the speed skating revolt and we had uh, the Olympic legacy, like their weight training program and their weight, like their Matt Jordan was one of the high performance coaches and he's, they're all going on to amazing things. Yeah. So we had. I suppose a, like once you're in Olympic City, like Calgary was 88. So like once you're in Olympic City and you have the facilities, yeah, and you're a relatively cheap destination to sure. Okay. Well, yeah, they and and I worked at the Richmond Oval too in uh, uh, the Olympic Oval down in in Richmond mm -hmm. when I first moved back to Vancouver. I don't want to diverge too much from the story. That's all right. Yeah, but um, they they, they kind of like went different ways. Uh, the the University of Calgary gym went super high performance. Okay. Uh, Richmond went into develop more like development youth development uh different different angles but um both necessary both yeah and, and great facilities mm -hmm. but anyways back to the story um how did i get to it the, the chinese team uh i was going to i was going to Cairo school in toronto um after i played football and it was my it was my long my long goal was to go to Cairo school right the, the cfl stuff just kind of happened Oh, really? From just trying to play well, right? And training and opportunities show up. And when you have an opportunity to, like... I just decided one day I'd 
be in the CFL? Is that <laughs> well, it wasn't really like that. It was, it was just a matter of, it's just my, just the way I approach things. Like I, I just try to keep getting better. Like I developed really late as an athlete. Okay. It took me until I was in my late teens to really become a good athlete. Okay. Um, so, so it wasn't, it wasn't like from birth, your, your, your parents gave you a football and like put a helmet no, on you. No, not even close. No, okay. I, I played like local community sports and a lot of house league, hot soccer, hockey, you know how it is when your kids growing up, at, at least in the 80s, um, you didn't have your phones. You didn't have your – you had your video games. But it came a bit later, but there was just we just played outside all the time. Right. And you get your general conditioning from that. Mm-hmm. And from that, you have your experience falling and you're experiencing, like, different different positions you're not usually in. And that's what really helps with athletic development. And <clears throat> this kind of goes to, like, how we got into the, the um, Calgary – or to the uh, Chinese free skating team. My brother ended up doing – he's a strength coach in Calgary, working with youth athletes. And he talks about this stuff all the time. Okay. But he uh, he went through the residency program – not the residency, but like a sports – kind of like a part of the schooling where you work in the oval environment and work with high-performance teams. And uh, some of the high guys who were up in the, in the uh, program, the coaches, they couldn't work with the Chinese team because they asked them. And he was just there hanging out with the coach when he got asked. Oh. And he's like, I'll do it. And the coach is like – all right. <laughs> so he got sent over. Wow. And then uh, just because the the other coach was just busy. Just there's lots to do, right? Yeah. You know, there's a there's a opportunity, and you have a student. You're like, yeah, we'll set you up. Wow. And then uh, so he went over for four years. It's funny watching your brother speak fluent Mandarin. <laughs> it's pretty funny. So I so they <laughs> I'd imagine any white guy <laughs> speaking Mandarin is pretty like it's it's a it's a it's a jaw dropper. Wow. It's a jaw dropper. It's a jaw dropper for all the people watching. But we ended mm-hmm. up. Uh, I consulted with the team, so he trained them. I went in and did some treatments. But and, uh, you don't speak Mandarin? No, just, th- no, I wasn't there long enough. Like I, oh, I, I'd I go on, I'd go on like trips for for different camps. So I'd go to like we spent a lot of time in Berlin, and there was a similar kind of situation there. There, they have lots of ovals for skating and ovals for track cycling, and mm-hmm. they, um, they, uh, they, they trained there. And I was just w- looking after like top five or eight athletes, and I was just like taking care of them over a month, just to make sure I could catch up any of the small stuff. Now I come back to Canada and I fly back for a period of time. I come back and I fly back. Okay, so it wasn't like you so were I living full there time. full time. Okay. No, but I was there for like month, like month, month and a half, two months at a time. Mm-hmm. And um, and I got to work with the high performance, like watch what they do. Mm-hmm. It's primitive. Really, they just they destroyed all their athletes. Wow, because they have so many. And just right. watching, just watching, like they had one one of their athletes who ended up winning three gold medals. Her name's Meng Long. She was like just in the last a, um, in the 2010 Olympics. Oh wow! Okay, I was cheering oh, so for China during the 2010. Right, Olympics. well, here. I worked with them, right? right? So I was yeah. like, yeah, right. Yes, we won, and Canada's third. Because <laughs> I know them, right? <laughs> yeah, that's like a really good. You have like the top two countries competing. Like you, you can't lose in, in the so Winter Olympics, like, especially <laughs> short track, right? Like short yeah. track speed skating. Wow! And uh, so I worked with the short and the long track speed okay. skating team. Yeah. Uh, but I got to watch like how their high performance training went and and their coaching philosophies and and one of the things I tell I, I talked about this quite a bit with my staff about like just trying different things in the same sport uh, like speed skating you're always going around in one direction mm-hmm. since you're young you're just going around one way right so you're gonna be torqued to one direction all the time and I asked the coach one day I said hey like obviously you've thought of it, about this and the coach is kind of staring at me like do you ever train going the other way around the ice? Like just to kind of work on balancing these people. Did out. he laugh at you? He said, we like, can't. 
can't you can't what do you mean can't. He's just, <laughs> I said, what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> and she said these skates like they're curved so you can't skate the other way oh what yeah i didn't know that i didn't know that either I thought speed skates were just like these this they're straight what? short track especially because they're going around smaller diameters right whoa so okay so you're literally and, like, blown so away i was like okay so track. i guess you've made yourself not able to do it right interesting i'm sure you could probably get skates that are straight and try it but they're so screwed up. Like these athletes have so many things going wrong with them, and just um, because just the imbalance of their training, kind yeah, of. Yeah, but okay. they're so mentally strong. Like they are dealing with like crazy amounts of pain every day. Um, it's it's beyond it's beyond physiological limits here. Right. Um, they they test creatine kinase. It tells it tells you how much muscle breakdown there is, and the limits here. I, I can't remember exactly the the level, but imagine it's like a thousand. Um, there would be like 3,000. And that's where they would stop them to rest. <laughs> so it's like wow. different per- perceptions on like what the body can handle. Right. <clears throat> but it was really fun to work with them. And uh, So that was, so it was during one of your trips over to China yeah, to, ha- to help was, consult and train. Yeah. yeah. That you had this. Yeah, this yeah. So I'd see this happening and it's like, that's really interesting. I did my degree in exercise physiology. So I was familiar with some of the testing that their exercise physi- physiologist was doing. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it was it was it was it was a good experience to to go there, and from there we uh, I met up with in the same training facility. There, there's other teams that train there, so the German team was training there. Mm-hmm. This was in Germany. Well, when I was in Berlin, and they had an athlete from Barbados who was training with them, and I was watching him in the gym, and he was doing this one squat where his whole body like cracked, and it was disgusting. I could barely. It's like watching a car crash. Oh, they're doing their max squats. So I had to go. I talked to him at the end and said, "Hey, man, like." You need some help. Like, what are they doing to you? He's like, don't touch me. <laughs> so they did. Get me out of here. So I needed. I wanted to be a dancer. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of those kids. He was. Uh, he did a track event down in uh, Colombia, and they had like an old gravel track, and he was on this old steel bike. And he's doing this time trial. He's a he's a track sprinter. I don't know if you're familiar with the tracks cycling kind of events. Um, barely. So they have match sprints where they race against each other. Right. Okay. They have Kieran where it's like five or six or seven of them racing against each other. So they jockey through. It's a really exciting event. And uh, they do time trials okay. to kind of like plot um, like standings too. So they do these time trials. And uh, he's in this little steel bike. This is before I knew him. He was telling me the story. I think his dad was telling me the story. And he, uh, he went through this time trial. He ripped around the track a couple times. And he finished, and there was just complete silence in the stadium. And he kept keep cycling around, and he's looking up at his up at his score, and his score was not registering. Oh. And uh, he's saying, "Hey, what's what's going on?" He comes out to see his coach, and his coach is like, "You're not showing your time." And uh, they didn't give him a time. Apparently, he beat the course record, and he's only like a 17 year old. Oh, what? <laughs> and uh, they he went back home, and the, the UCI this the cycling union. They uh, sent him a letter that said, "Hey, we want to bring you back and retest you on this track because <laughs> he was probably he's so fast like off the charts. He's off the charts. What? So he's this like crazy phenom from Barbados, and uh, he couldn't have he didn't have the training in Barbados. They don't have the they don't have the, the facilities, right? So he trained in, in Germany because it's close to all the cities that they they compete in. Okay. So I ended up working with him, and he brought me to Barbados. He's like, Jeff, you helped me so much, and um, I traveled around all over Europe with him." Okay. So I did that for so I tr- so I was consulting for a couple of years after wow. I finished uh, playing ball, mm-hmm. and uh, after school, which was uh, kind of like my first entry into high performance. So I have a good understanding of 
levels of high level athletes and right. where they should be, and then the gaps where the high where the, what which high level athletes have too. So okay. just just like spotting, so like even though they're they're performing at this really high level, you can still sometimes like find a little gap and where they're like, yeah, but if you just tweak this or if you just changed your regimen this way, yeah. you'd be that much better well, of an athlete. The thing is, is like they're like when I, when I see somebody and I and I do an assessment with them, like I'm testing to see how connected they are to their system. Like, is their body able to produce stability and then force from that? I do lots of testing. Okay. And it's like it's kind of like wrestling around, like pulling against them, and I'm trying to see if they're cheating in in terms of stabilizing different areas. Okay. And then I can really identify where. As in, like utilizing the wrong muscles to support smaller well, muscles. Well, think about or it like this: like <coughs> it's um the brain goes into a protective mode. So, if you're like developing as a youth, like as a, as an infant, you learn these milestone positions: lay down, you learn to go on your side, on your elbow, you sit up. You want to look in a crawling position, learn to stand up. Right. There's different Just milestone positions, right, okay. yeah, developmental milestones. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you develop through those, most people develop through them normally. If you develop, de develop through those, then you end up being able to stand and run and walk and jump and do all that stuff. And kids bounce back as injury doesn't really affect them. But over time, uh, your injuries, you might like sprain an ankle and it's injured for maybe a week or two and then it kind of disappears. It, it doesn't disappear. It gets hidden. Okay. So the body protects from exposing it. So that same athlete could be going and playing soccer, and they're like, oh, I hurt my back. And they go to the doctor and say, hey, my back hurts. I wonder what happened. It's like, oh, okay, you sprained your, your ligament. Sure. But a lot of times it's from the body protecting against exposing that ankle. So when someone comes in to see me and I start working on their ankle and their back pain goes away, they say, what is going on? What are you doing? Ah, because okay. you're dealing with an old injury that's just been hidden. So we, over time, you can have 15, 20, 30 of these things. Oh just wow! Kind of all hidden in there, especially right. if you're an athlete, right? So, so th and that's just from not really assessing the problem, like not getting to the root of the issue, and not really healing, pro actually healing. It's, your Is body will heal, but it will protect against it. It's just normal. Okay. It's normal. It's like there's same thing with like uh, like um, a uh, like there's a thing called the startle reflex. Okay. Where your body, your hands go and protect your neck, and that can come from right, like a uh, like. It, it can happen from like a car accident or it could happen from watching a car accident. Right. It could happen from like a, a traumatic like experience with someone verbally. You get into these protective patterns. <clears throat> if it's concurrent, if it continues to happen, your body gets habituated to those. Right. Just just like an instinctual like it's protective, yeah, protective reflex. Okay. And then yeah, let's yeah. imagine you're going boxing yep. and you're getting hit and your head's going back, but your body wants to protect. You're going to, you're going to like open up something that's been contracted so much that it tears and you get a mu like a muscle tear. Right. Because it's been shortened up. Boxing's a, a boxing's a funny <laughs> one. Have you done martial arts as like uh, growing not up? Not really, not really. I wrestled my brothers all the time. Right. I mean, like so it's boxing. Well, I'm sure most fighting, it's anti instinctual. It's very interesting because it's like most of the time that's what that is what happens. That is like that's what humans do. And then the boxing coach will tell you you can't do that because yeah. it's not an effective way you to, to waste fight energy too right like exactly a hundred percent you have to fight instinct that what, what you're talking about to to perform better yeah. it's so strange you gotta relax under heat it's so weird yeah, yeah so like so you're so when you're saying like these these reflexes they're like just hiding you or can covering like, up injury yeah and then it come it, it depends on the threshold of stress that helps bring it up it could be lifting weight it could be uh, stress from being ready to like race or a game like like um being anxious or like maybe excited 
even um yeah if you like you raise your if you're like nervous your, nervous yeah yeah but like it's like the stress level like you if you're in a position where you like feel even if you're or like you feel heat you're like i'm being i'm on the like i'm under the micro- microscope right now okay yeah that sensation will tighten up because of that sensation. It's okay, all, yeah. A lot of this right. is about like sensory motor processing mm-hmm. and getting your brain to like deal with the sensory stuff that you don't that you're hi- that you cut that your brain's afraid afraid of dealing with. Okay, I understand. Right? Yeah. So that's kind of the idea of what my interests are mm-hmm. in what I do, and it comes down to I love working with high performance people because it there's just a, there's a great reward. Mm-hmm. for doing things properly because you're uncovering like you could be potentially uncovering like some really old injuries that they just like forgot yeah. or maybe oh, for it's sure. been causing pain for so long but there's nothing drug, it, it, drugs it, or even stretching might be able to do sure yeah right yeah. it's funny all these like it's a combination like i see i see like a, a somebody comes in to see me as like um it's like a it's almost like a safe and you do a code and then once you open that code the door opens but then there's another safe inside. You have to open that code. Right. And then you got to open another code. And you got to open another code. And then you got to open another code. Mm-hmm. And then under that, there's a green button, and you press it, and the brain's like, "Oh, cool. Right. That's I'm, it's safe out here." And then the body just starts to work. Right. That's how I see like how this works. So it's just a series of codes, and just like I unwrapping think... these like like old injuries or like. The body's natural instincts to cover them up or protect yeah, themselves. Yeah, and I can test for that. So right. I test and I uncover all this stuff. Yeah. It's pretty fun. It's like my job's great because it's <clears throat> like yourself. You're a creative guy. It's a it's a creative puzzle right. that you have to like figure out in a matter of time. Okay. So I'll have like twenty or thirty minutes with somebody mm-hmm. to figure this out and try to close it so that it makes sense. Right. So that they understand and they can feel the difference. Yeah, and then start a plan. And so yeah, like, and then say, hey, listen, this is looks like something we're uncovering this. Mm-hmm. Let's. You might want to do this one exercise that I think is going to help the most with what you have. Right. What's wrong with you? And usually it's an infant development position. Okay. I say that's, me, that's a typical. Yeah. Usually thing. how we start, and then um, so that these infant development positions they really hammer certain areas of stability, and that could be your hips or your neck or whatever. But um, it's it's the way we start things off. We really try to define the baseline, mm-hmm. and we try to raise that baseline so that it's solid through these infant movement patterns. And on top of that, we have other programs. So we stack all these programs. Mm-hmm. And uh, the whole program is is actually a sprinting program. Okay. It's really it's really so what it, it is. As in like, it's meant for? It's a development program for sprinting. For so sprint. we're, oh, okay. tr- we're starting up a sprint program. Okay. With, uh, I'm kind of putting a few feelers out there right now. Um, we're trying to start up one at Strathcona uh, Park. Okay. So there's a track and field initiative that the city of Vancouver is uh, going through right now, and they've kind of shortlisted. We went to a bunch of their initial meetings uh, to to say, hey, we want Strathcona Park as one of these things because it's a great park mm-hmm. and there's a there's a there's a population around there that could really benefit from it. And we want to do a track program there. So we put our head our our names in the hat there at the beginning, mm-hmm. and uh, since then they kind of greenlighted that. So as they do all the new projects at the Viaduct and Northeast Falls Creek, and they're gonna redo false creek flats and improve strathcona park uh they're probably going to put in like a good practice facility there and we want to set up our track program in that area oh wow yeah okay so you're so you're going to be um basically facilitating that whole thing right yeah as in like so it's your program it's your well it's not our facility it's the cities right so you're leasing a space from them or something like that and then and then people are you specializing in 
any would you like to specialize in any, like youth development or like yeah, high youth, performance youth youth development um similar to what Eastside does with their boxing oh yeah uh, but through track oh, okay and great through, like, yeah, yeah. through the, the like short speed stuff probably mm-hmm. going like 100 200 400 at the most right and not doing any other events yeah just, just keep st- it strictly niche. linear yeah well there's a lot of rotation in, in sprinting but like keeping it like something that you can measure really easily mm-hmm. and something you can develop really quickly well not quickly but you can really dive into the techniques so we're looking for some uh, community partners to help bring this to to life right so we're, i've been poking at a few people a few big uh, companies in the city to see if they're interested yeah in joining in yeah and, uh, sponsorship and development and yeah like just to make it just to like you know we're a small business we don't have a lot of traction in terms of like marketing and in terms of um we just want to make it make it a like a program that kids after school can go to yeah that are, you don't you don't have to be like you don't have to come from a rich family to no. to, to go yeah, there. yeah we want to have a subsidy we want to have like fundraisers and all that kind of stuff right yeah oh that's fa- fantastic yeah that's awesome and i know jamie and Mika from eastside boxing pretty well that's right i'm sure and they put a great program together so uh, we're we're gonna chat about how we can uh when i talk to talk. have you talked much with brian from eastside no at all because he's uh, i interviewed him at one oh, of these because yeah. he because he owns um his own distillery right, right. so you know, uh, on the east side here and but to, he he was saying like big time long-term goals was like having a facility for like these things oh, that, that right and this is and yeah so like he keep talking to me and jamie and see if you yeah, can chat with brian because yeah I, sounds good and um and dave because long term i don't know specifically like i didn't want to i don't want to put words in his mouth but essentially it's ideally a, a place where like a permanent community center ish uh where yeah people can go to that um otherwise couldn't basically it's, sure. it's almost like a non-profit organization well they are a non-profit right but um just just amp it up and just have like a full big facility for just to, just to scale it up you know what sure. i mean so yeah, yeah, I'd definitely be interested in something like that. Yeah, add add some more athletics in there. That'd be good. Yeah, for sure. And but the thing is, you don't even need much, right? To like, mm-hmm. all you need is you need to get these kids who want to work hard and show them how to do it and direct their energy to the right place. You know, like you're saying, anxiety. Like anxiety is energy that doesn't know where to go, right? right. It just doesn't know where to go. It's like, ah, <laughs> you go. Some people really go into art, right? Mm-hmm. Making little animals like you do, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been known to. Some people like go into music. Some people go into sports. Some people go into. It's not because of anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> I but, promise. But anxiety is also <laughs> another word for excitement, right? If you reframe yes, it, right? It's like yeah. ex- anxiety is. It has of, a lot of negative connotation, like these days, just because it's usually associated with depression. But, but I, I understand what you mean. It's like it's you, excitement too, yeah. right? It's like directed Ang- to something that you want to do. I'm excited to do this. Yeah. Directed to something that you don't want to do. It's anxiety. Right. Or you're afraid of. Right. So it's just removing that fear and saying, "Hey, let's." Go and do this and have fun and try your best. Mm-hmm. That's what I tell my son is just do your best. Mm-hmm. Try to have fun. Mm-hmm. If you hate it, you won't do it too much. But you gotta yeah. expose people to that. Yeah, don't do it so much that you become depressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't hate. So tell me. So I wanna tell me the story. Like you said, um, you're on a flight. I wanna go back. To oh this. yeah. Tell me about this. Like, so you're on a flight in like some some. Yeah, there's an elderly, elderly woman, um, and you had to like use your doctor status. Well, I I went to approach her because uh, the flight attendants were there, and she was sitting beside a medical doctor. Oh, really? <laughs> so, he's, so he had he he took he took care of the situation, 
and uh, I was just there to like say, hey, if you need any extra help, I can, I can, I can help. Wow. And um, so what was that? She had a. She had well, they thought she had a deep, deep vein thrombosis. Because what can yeah, what, happen? What is, does that mean? So you can have. Um, basically, it's like a like a clot that gets stuck in your vein. Okay. And the risks of having a clot in your vein is that if it gets released, it can go into your heart, and it can plug up an, a coronary artery, or it can go into your lungs and create like a plug through the lungs too. Almost and like a will, like a like a like a backflow or like a. Like a backdraft of blood, sure. Or, it thing? Can, or it can or go up to your brain and it causes stroke. So like, like all these, okay. all these little plugs that can happen. So, um, they they present as like hot, swollen leg. It's like ah, oh, it doesn't really feel good. If you're getting a backflow of right, of oh, blood your blood's in your just legs, collecting like, oh, right there. Here? Right, track my calf. Um, so it looked looked like that, and that's what was her, it was in the leg. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't really remember it too much after that. It, it was kind of a blur. Right. Um, but I think that sh- they got her stabilized somehow. And uh, it wasn't a, a case where, like, we were over the ocean going somewhere. Yeah. So it was. W- was it, like, from Canada to, what you say, I can't remember. France or something? I can't like remember. Oh, okay. I can't remember. I can't remember. I was flying a lot in those days. I was right. all over the place. Mm-hmm. Wow. I can't remember. And so you didn't have to, so there's nowhere you could stop early. No. To, to touch down. No. You just went to your destination. Like, Something it wasn't like, do. wow. I mean, even if it was, like, a life death, like, immediate emergency. Sure. You couldn't land anywhere. You just like, hey, get the ambulance ready. Yeah, like, like maybe you could stop in Hawaii if you're going that way, but like, not over the Atlantic, not that, not <laughs> east. Yeah. No. Oh man. So I, I. Uh, so you've seen it. You've seen it. I've been in. I've been in a situation, and and uh, like, luckily, I haven't had to do anything. I mean, like, I walk downtown east side to work every day mm-hmm. for a bike, and uh, I have my Naxalone kit with me in case there's Smart. someone who's who's having a just having a hard time mm-hmm. but if there's someone who's you know non-responsive i'm gonna at least like tap them and see if they're all right to see if they're awake or and if they're like just started off with their their, their episode of whatever they're doing and, and let's dive into that a little bit because like obviously you're a doctor um but that's you know that's also a personality thing too yeah right? it's just like a neighborhood thing and a neighborhood right? like, thing so there's a lot of people who do what is but isn't there Tell me about like, like so. Just say like in medical school, is there like an air about like being a little bit extra upstanding as a, as a citizen or like, yeah, is, like, like are you supposed to be looking like be hyper vigilant when it comes to like looking out for people? Like, is is that something that's taught or is it? Yeah, like there's um there's an oath that you have to that you have to agree to, and that's like medical school is is a little bit of a different. Um, I haven't been to med like our Cairo school is. It's like it's medical based, mm-hmm. but it's more based on like physiological. What's the term? It's like called. It's like CAM or, or something. Something in complementary and, and applied and uh, medicine, right? Medicine, Is yeah. that what it's uh, considered? We're we're our own thing, right? Like there's cert- there's doc- So there's optometrists who are who called doctors. There's dentists. Mm-hmm. There are medical doctors. There's chiropractors and there's psychiatrists. Right. Okay. That so are that are called like doctors. Mm-hmm. They're all doctors of different things, right? Like sure. They're a tooth doctor. They know your teeth. Or someone that's you done know, their, like, yeah. You know, like, issues with, like, septic issues. Like, we actually dealt with uh, one of the athletes for China. She had, um, she was really fatigued, and she couldn't train. And uh, we caught her with a tooth infection that went septic. Oh. And it po- started poisoning her. So she had septic, so she had septic shock starting. Whoa. From her tooth infection. And uh, they flew her to China to go to see her, to see one of their dentists there. Wow. 
So there's like things that can happen, right? Like yeah. that are beyond the like ex- the, the 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 thing that you're supposed to be a specialist with because mm-hmm. you have to know how the body works, and um, and like psycho like psycho like people say like chiropractors are kind of like psychologists where like there's in psychology you have like you got Freud, you got um who are your major guys here um Freud you have um. All the all the thought all the thought. I don't. I fell asleep in those classes. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Though there's there's a lot of different <laughs> yeah, types do. of ideas. I and do. And you can follow about. one, and then you like use their theories. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with chiros. There's so many different ways that you can look at the body, mm-hmm. depending on like your angles. As far as like philosophy slash philosophy, approach. Yeah, approach. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. with our profession, it's kind of like there's there's this huge spectrum of types of practitioners that you can see. Right. And depending on their views, you'll kind of. You have a different experience. Different experience. Right. Totally. So that's intriguing. Just like a, like you go to psychologists, it's like, they're like, oh, it's your mother. That's a problem. You're like, what? <laughs> because that's probably just their school of practice. Or sure. Just that's their, that's maybe what's worked for them with other patients or themselves. Or mm-hmm. Right. Or it's like, yeah, it's your mother. Or it's, or it's like, oh, there goes the camera. That's okay. Yep. Got some good takes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Or, or so like in chiropractic, chiropractic. Is that the right? In chiropractic. Chiropractic. It's weird. Yeah, because I I I, had to look, I cheated. I had to look this the up. The grammar on that is yeah. not like what you expect. No, because chiropractic. Yeah, exactly. Chiropractics. Yeah, that's what people will say. Chiropractics. But yeah, chiropractic. Okay. I don't know. If there's too many words that are like titled with a tick on the end. No, that's the only one. Naturopathic. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> kind of. So the the practice of chiropractic. we're rolling with that um because you have so you're saying you you probably have your own approach and it it would be if i went to someone else to to you know get an assessment from i could have a completely for sure different experience it's it's, it's, yeah it's approach based and philosophy based it's all philosophy behind everything right? right um but it comes down to you know, there's a lot of different things that people like look into and that they're like excited for. Like I like sports. Mm-hmm. I like exercise. I like working hard. I like all those things I combine into my practice style. Mm-hmm. I value them. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you, do you find like you connect with, um, because you have a lot of high performance clients, I'm sure. And a lot of, but you, but not exclusively either. Right. Like no. you, you see, Everyone that wants yeah, to come everybody, in that's everybody. got an issue, right? Like, yeah. So what? what is your – So, is it like you take your personality and kind of just like implement a philosophy based on that? Or is there something that is just so universal for everyone that comes I, in? I try to stay out. I try to stay out of it. I am not assuming anything oh, okay. right now yeah, when yeah. I walk in to see somebody. Right. Because when you assume, then you're already skewing your results. Right. So I try to think, okay, what do I see? What, is, what do I observe? And what do I feel, right? Mm-hmm. And then how do these people, do they feel the same thing that I'm feeling when I'm testing? Like, mm-hmm. do you feel the difference? Yeah, I feel the difference. Okay. I try to communicate like that. It's like, mm-hmm. do you feel the difference between this leg and this leg? No, not really. Okay, no problem. And, um, and that's part of those 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 puzzles that you're you're talking about earlier, right? Those yeah. codes that you have to like. Sure, but you have to get the you have to get the per, the, the the person you're working with to understand kind of why you're doing those things too, mm-hmm. and trying to explain the concept of, hey, you have the reason why this isn't working. It's not because your genetics, 
right? It's not because your dad has this. Their preconceived notions of it. No, because the thing is, is you'll, from what I th- like, from what I think is that like you'll posture what your parents are like, mm-hmm. right? Right. If your parents are are angry, you're gonna, again, you're gonna posture to protect. So you can, you can, if you're if you're if your parents react quickly, you're probably gonna react quickly, and if you react quickly, your kids are probably gonna react quickly. There's this like pass down of information that's not verbal it's like a non-verbal pass down yeah that's it's 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 it's, it's, it's like almost like a hereditary it's personality trait. it's not genetic it's a reflexive right thing, okay so uh, it's not because of a hereditary issue you know yeah. it's like change you know change your diet change your your scent like your the way your sensory system works or it receives some information try to like understand why you're shutting things down Mm-hmm. But that's the deeper stuff that I don't really talk about too much. Yeah. Until there's like a challenging case, like usually we can take care of this stuff with like a couple of visits. Right. If you if you're really not seeing results, if you're really not getting to the root of the problem, you're like maybe there's something else. Yeah, maybe something else. That and either is another specialist or totally just totally. or you're just too messed up. To <laughs> no, just, you know what? Give people offer, give everybody the chance. You know, yeah, like I when know. I look at myself, this is a, I always think about this is. If I can make it to becoming like a professional football player, anybody can. Really, you th- really. You think so? Yes, yes. Tell tell us about that. It's true. It's true. What do you mean by that? Like I was a kid who couldn't even run across the the gym when I was in elementary school. Right. I had like bad asthma. I had bad knees when oh, I was growing up. Damn. It was like that's where I was like a slow developer. Okay. And it was just. Oh like, yeah, you're saying that you didn't really like hit your mark until you said yeah, late, late teens, yeah, like probably like high school. Wow. Yeah. And then, uh, and then it was a matter of like, I wasn't really fast. I was quick, but I wasn't really fast. I wasn't really strong, hmm. <laughs> but I knew how to play. I knew I knew how to like work hard. I right. Knew how to like problem solve. Like I never stopped. Like well over scale. Well, it's like there's there's an answer to a problem, hmm. and there's someone in front of you. Like, what's the answer to get in front of this person? Okay. What's so like the answer? Is very like analytical approach. Trial and error. Right. Yeah. It's like what works. Well, it works, and that's just how I'm wired. I'm like, does this work? Does this work? Does this so work? Does you, this you're work? saying you you analyzed your way up into the, the well the yeah, CFL yeah, kind of kind of, <laughs> kind of <laughs> trial and error to see how things work. And I was wow. like, that's my approach with working with people too. It's like, does this work? Yes or no? No, throw it out. Try it again. Does it work? No, throw it out. Try it again. Does it work? No, I'm never trying that again until I think about it again. Right. But if it works, yes, this works. This works. So I have this big bag of what works. This big bag of what doesn't work. And I always can pull this stuff out if I am lost. I'm like, mm, maybe this will work this time. Say, I think this might fit in this keyhole today. Right. And so that just being so obviously like the hard work, but like determination to find the answer, find what works. An answer. Can, right. An answer mm-hmm. to get to that next step. But like continually. Yeah. Right. All the time. And then so you feel like you wouldn't you wouldn't attribute you know getting into the league just on skill or or like well, natural talent or it's it, yeah. i'm sure you you have to have some skill but you've got to have skill but every time i went even from my high school team i was looking at it I'm like i don't i can make this team okay and then i got i went to the university of calgary was a walk-on and i looked at them practice and they won the vma cup the couple of years before i'm like oh, i don't think i can make this team and i made out my first practice coach came up to me and he's like we made the team he's like oh, wow awesome and then going to the next so level you must add something like yeah, it's, right? like, it's one of those things where, like, I'm very, like, solid on my feet. Okay. I have very good, like, ability to stay, like, grounded. Mm-hmm. I can take, uh, and it's like sports, too. You want to ha- use the ground as your as your base. And when someone has, like, a problem, like, pitching, 
it's they don't have enough ground contact, and it's gonna fall. It's gonna catch up somewhere else. Oh, okay. And then you might have like a rotator cuff issue, but it might be because you're not contacting the ground long enough, and you're muscling out at the end. Oh. So you're always thinking about ground contact. Right. Always. Right. And so, because you played, you played a couple different positions starting out, right? But you're mostly fullback. Yeah. Yeah. In the yeah. league, you were for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I started out as a receiver. Oh, I have okay. a more of a receiver's build than a fullback's build. Um, there was like there were some giants on my team. There was well, I was playing slot back and I had a six two, two hundred pounds I think or two hundred five or so, two ten, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the weight I am now. But the guys on the team were two twenty, two thirty, six three, six four. <laughs> so I was kind of a small slot back, right? And just wow. the style of play that they use. So I got moved to fullback because mm-hmm. I could I could hit hard, I can catch. So it worked well with our offense. Mm-hmm. And uh, and just it stuck. It just worked. Yeah. Let's go. This is like next play. Next play. Mm-hmm. Next play. What's the next play? What's the next play? Let's keep going. Right. Wow. So that's how I think about it. It's like, what's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? Analyze. Uh, Watch might, some film and yeah. see what, what people have kind of weaknesses. And you're like, ah, we could probably expose this. Wow. So y- I might have to entitle, I might have to title the episode like that. Something like, <laughs> no, wait, he analyzed his way to the field. Something, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's a simple game, really, when you when you come down to it. There's just a lot going on at once. Mm-hmm. So it's, you miss a step, you're going to lo- miss your assignment. And so you, so you obviously, so you have a very analytical approach to, to your own, your own, um, like sports, your, bo- your own athletics, yeah. but but also like your personal life and your your business life as well like it's it's been very like well in, in a way like there's there's a there's a there's a degree of like vision too that i have mm-hmm. where like i know where i want to go um but i don't like st- keep it on a straight line i have like this kind of penumbra i guess it's coming in my head <laughs> of, of a degree that i want to go into and i mean penumbra that's a uh really complicated I don't know what else. I was going to say. Shape. I don't know. Like, <laughs> What's the fun number? It's like an ice cream cone. Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was imagining some sort of like complicated format. I don't no, know. No, it's like a. I learned a new word today. Yeah, like a. <laughs> like, whatever. I'll, ice cream I'll cone. I'll an ice cream cone. Yeah, yeah. Like, like a waffle cone. Not a straight line. It's not a straight line. Got it. But like, it's, you don't go straight to get to your destination. You just have to like figure out how you ping pong your way there. Mm-hmm. And going backwards sometimes helps you get fat forwards faster. Mm-hmm. More like more like a like a like a chess match, kind of like. Yeah, you don't know what you're gonna play against. I'm trying to find the right metaphor. Here. Well, you don't know what you're playing against, <laughs> and, and then when when you like, I, I I live like if something happens, I say okay, what's the opportunity from this that it can get me forwards mm-hmm. that I can take? What did I learn from this situation that helps me go forward mm-hmm. instead of like getting beat down and saying, oh man, I can't believe that that happened to me. Instead, I don't really do that ever. Mm-hmm. I'm always like ah okay. Sometimes it'll like drag you down. There's a couple of things that that happen in life, but like it's easy for me to like get back and bounce back, and then say, okay, have that like as a fuel source. It kind of plugs into my back, and I, all right, this happened. Let's fix that situation. Okay. So just finding that like extreme, it's uh, it's almost like an adaptability, and like being able to like maneuver, um, just 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 be able to to roll with it and be able to yeah. like adjust very quickly. Sure. Don't take it personally, right? Mm-hmm. It's like. But it's not an ego thing. This is like a school life kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, you kind of failed that test. You should probably study better. <laughs> right. Or prepare better, right? Or yeah. whatever. But probably, yeah, but your your approach is probably more like, okay, for next one, for the next test. Yeah. 
now I'm gonna like you know study more or like just approach it differently. Or and I might do the same mistake four or five times. Sure. It might happen again and again. I'm like, ah. But then eventually. I'll but if say, you're okay. determined, but if you're determined to accomplish a thing, sure. Then you'll you just keep going. Yeah. So the continuous go towards. That's one thing I'm, I've learned. Like it, it's it's often tied in with athletics. I've I've talked to a few um, business owners that are grew up in athletics or still are involved heavily involved, and I'm I'm like that's one of the biggest things that I'm retaining is that being able to adapt quickly is the most is like the differentiating factor between let's say a high level athlete or a high performing person. Sure. Right. Sure. And so you would, would you, you, I would imagine you take that same approach into your business. Like, cause you, you own, you have your own clinic, the yep. mov- movement lab. Yep. Two clinics now. Oh, that's right. I have another little one. Your, uh, your, uh, your Hollywood a set. Mini, a mini clinic. Yeah. It's up in the North Shore Studios. Yeah. Cause you, you showed me a picture and it's like, it is like on a set, right? On it's like on a, a fake, film set. A fake, it's on a fake street. Right. <laughs> but it's a real <laughs> clinic inside. But there's a little space. Yeah. It's like, it holds one practitioner. Right. So it's like a mini, and then we do like personal training over there. And mm-hmm. we're going to build up, uh, we're meeting with the president of the North Shore Studios in a couple of weeks. So we're going to brainstorm ideas of how to like get into the shows and help with pr- our productions and just share some things that we can do, like bring in IVs or heat massage or whatever. It is, oh, right? wow. Like we okay. Bring people on set. We've done it before. Basically a partnership with this this film production company. Yeah, we're going to see like, you know, it's, it's the, stu- the studios uh, owned by Bosa, uh, Bosa Developments. Mm-hmm. And uh, their president's been there for like 33 years, and he's a good friend and one of my friends' dads. So we ended up like chatting through that, which is really nice to have. Like, it's always good to have connections, yep. right? So helping to uh, leverage some connections to get that going. And um, yeah, it's in a great spot. It's away from Lonsdale. Lonsdale is pretty packed. We're just kind of in between Lonsdale and the the uh, Ironswork Ironworker Bridge. Mm-hmm. And then we have our our big uh, bigger clinic in in Gastown. Which you've been to. Yes. It's a beautiful space. Yeah, describe I l- it. Describe I love space. that space. Oh, it's so cool. Well, so first of all, when you walk in there, like, uh, the first thing I notice is, like, the light. Like, you got windows on as many sides on, like, three sides of your office, right? Uh, yeah. Two, well, the two main, it's, yeah. It's kind of like a corner. It's a corner unit. Yeah, yeah. But either way, it's, like, ton of windows. Yeah. Yeah. My first impression when I walked in, it was, like, it was a very, like, like it was um casually comfortable you know what i mean like i felt like it was a place i could hang out like i or i'd like but you could also tell there's like professionals there working like, sure, but sure. there was like a there's really good vibes right yeah. like as in like you're coming in and you don't have to be like you're not you know you don't have that anxiety about going to see a doctor sure. you're like it's it's like very like welcoming casual environment that's and I've got that, like, after doing some research on, on the company, too, like, even just coming through your website. I'm like, okay, yeah, they, they actually have personality. You can, like, relate to these yeah. people. Like, yeah, you we can connect to, with these people. So. That's what we want. We want a place Good. where people like to come to and <laughs> it it's works. comfortable. And yeah. we try to, like, t- play some good music. Mm-hmm. And I didn't actually, I think I pointed that out. I saw I had an appointment with uh, Claire. Yeah. And uh, I think I pointed that out to her. I was like, "This soundtrack is great." And she's like, "Yeah, it's actually my Spotify right now, or something yeah, like that." Right. I can't she remember. claims it. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. She likes good music. Yeah, she'll put piano music on sometimes. It's really nice. Why not? Yeah, it's good. You can put whatever. Chris, our physio, he puts on like heavy metal on Monday mornings. Oh hell yeah! A little intense, but it's like you're there. Yeah, you're, you're, it's a different experience every time you it's walk. Chris's in. day. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Chris is taking this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I really, I really enjoyed that clinic. It's, it's, because I, because I, I don't frequent. Um, 
many clinics, but the last time I went to, I think it was um, more just like physiotherapy specific clinic. It was very clinical, right? Yeah. It was like, it's standard gurneys and like curtains and yeah. like taupe <laughs> everywhere, you know, <laughs> you've got like cool artwork and like fun graffiti and stuff yeah, and like yeah. the exposed brick. And I want to be there. Yeah, exactly. I want to be there <laughs> all day because I'm there all day. It's your home away from home, oh, right? Fresh air. Yeah. I want to have like good lighting. Mm -hmm. I want to have a fridge and a stove if I want to cook some popcorn or something, you yeah. know, like yeah. there's a. And what, why did you decide to do that? Like what? So obviously that so why that's because you want to spend time there you you're there you want a cool atmosphere but what was like the business approach like the mental mentality behind choosing that vibe and oh, some of the decor or just like it is based on the space like the um we had a smaller clinic upstairs earlier um we started in 2013 and I didn't have any money starting my practice yeah. I had like lots of negative money right I'm like how do I minimize my expenses so I started I I got a worked in a few different clinics but then I started a, a work live space and um, started seeing some some patients that I really liked from other clinics to say hey come to my space I'm opening this clinic up kind of under the radar mm -hmm. I had my business license and all that but like I wasn't I wasn't advertising I was there mm -hmm. so um, so I started working with just people I liked They're like come by come hang out well I'll do some work on you it's still a clinic it's a little different, um, but uh, I just want to get it started by word of mouth. Mm -hmm. And um, soon after I, I started, um, I had a bedroom in the space and I had a one table in the space. Uh, someone was interested in working with me, so I brought them on. But I couldn't live in my space anymore or appear to live in my space. Right. So I had to turn my bedroom into a into a, a like a like a room. Mm -hmm. So I got rid of my bed. It was like an old bed that was from reclaimed wood from, uh, where was it? Um, there was like a, there was like this um, video. It was like a a peep room. Up what? On. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. What? Uh, there was like a peep room. It was. It was like a. Hold on. It was a cinema. You, you sleeping on like. This no 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 this furniture the, from no 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 it was wood that was reclaimed from this building <laughs> oh okay that was, that was in the 20s an opera oh okay and it was on Main and like Seventh Avenue it's where the Rumpus Room is uh what's right beside there right now so the Rumpus Room used to be um, I haven't been to that long it's uh it used to be called the also haven't the foundation been the foundation Anyways, there was like a club there, and it used to be a cinema, and anyway, there mm. used to be this opera place. Opera. Anyways, it's transitioned to like from an opera to a car repair joint. Okay, where they like repaired cars on like the stage. I don't know how they got. They Weird. turned into that. What? And then in the twenties, it like I think for, it went from the opera to the car place in the twenties. Then from there, it was vacant for a while, and then I think that it was kind of reclaimed and turned into like a movie theater, and it turned into like a peep show theater. And then they finally like <laughs> destroyed this thing, and this reclaimed wood was apparently from this building. Okay, that this my just the in. wood. Yeah, the wood. Okay. The, wood was, the wood. I thought you were like I thought you were saying like there was this bed from this peep show party. <laughs> it was super. I didn't have any money. It was cheap. Okay, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, Man, uh, I have Kijiji back then. Terrible. So. Yeah, karma for <laughs> life for that. But I got rid. No of wonder this, you get rid of it. I yeah. got rid of this bed, but at the same time, I had seven shoulder problems, so I got rid of my mattress and I started sleeping on the floor. And, to uh, alleviate your shoulder yeah, problems? Yeah, it's great. Wow. If you have shoulder problems, right. sleep on the floor okay. for three months. <laughs> It'll probably three, go three away. Three months, man. Oh, yeah, it's hard. It's Jeez. hard. It's really hard. It's an uncomfortable thing to do. Yeah. So, uh, okay, let's dive into that a little bit. Like, <laughs> So, when, so like, 
sleep on the floor, but like, did you have any sort of like, what did you have underneath you? Yeah, so you? I and started with this. Uh, I started with um, it was like a, a thermorest, or and then I went to a yoga mat, mm-hmm. and I was telling a couple of my friends. One's a massage therapist, and she's like, Jeff, you gotta try my amethyst crystal mat. I'm like, all right, you try your amethyst crystal mat. You're oh, right, okay. I do. All right. I'm like, what's up with your amethyst crystal mat? She's yeah. like, it's amazing. It's from Japan. You lay on this thing, and it's like going into the caves of amethyst, and it heals the it heals the body. I was like, I'll try it. Sure. Why not? Sure. So I got this amethyst crystal mat, thinking nothing of it at all, thinking, eh, whatever. It's like crushed amethyst within these like straw-shaped kind of bands. They're probably it's 150 bands. And like a roll of it. There's crushed amethyst. So you, can, you can crinkle it. You can hear the amethyst. It's the plastic part. Little pop can, rocks you inside you. Yeah, it kind of feels, it kind of feels <laughs> yeah. like you're on pop rocks. <laughs> nice. And uh, so it's I, that's all it is. It just reminds you of your childhood, and then it relaxes you. Probably. And you're <laughs> <laughs> probably. It's probably true. And I kept thinking about that. I'm like, this is probably nothing. But I'd lay on this thing, and I'd be on my back, because I can't lay on my side. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was getting like pulled up by little strings into what? the air. I was like, "What is going on?" So I laid on. I got off the mat, laid on the on the ground. I love this. I love my knee resting, and you get that little buzzy feeling. And I was like, "Ah, no, is it me or is it this thing? Like, is it?" Is it? Lay back on it. I'm laying down. Like, I definitely feel there's like this weird pulling sensation. Wow. And the crazy thing about this mat is you could plug it in and you could crank up this electromagnetic field. And it increases even more. What? So I plugged it in. I tried. I was like, I can't deal with this. This thing is too intense. It Whoa. was crazy. So I slept on this thing for like two months. And, so what uh, was it doing? So was do- it just like I don't know moving like, things around? Earth like, is a, we don't know enough about this right. thing, right? It's like, what the heck are these things? What are crystals? Yeah. What the heck are they? Mm. That's weird. I don't. It's not my thing, but like I don't quite understand it. But something was happening. There's something, it, yeah. but like, did it affect my like day to day life? Probably not. Right. But maybe I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. But um, that was uh, yeah. Sleeping on the floor is is excruciating to like let your body relax on a flat hard object. Mm-hmm. It's tough. So. Would it be like, did you have to like slowly digress into like, so you started with like thermorest, you said, and then you go yeah. to a thinner and thinner. Well, even that, I think, I think I did do thermorest for like a night or two. And then I was like, no, I'm just going to go full Straight. on the floor. Yeah, I went up to just on the mat. I was like, this is too much. This, I'm just going to do it. Wow. And you don't sleep much the first few nights. It's like maybe an hour of just like, you're just laying there in pain. You're like, oh my God, this mm-hmm. sucks so bad. But you breathe and you tell your brain you're not injured. And then you slowly, your body slowly relaxes. And to, there was a point where after a couple, like a week and a half or so, um, it felt fine. And I could fall asleep easy. You get used to it. Yeah. But wow. I wouldn't roll on my shoulder and like sleep on my shoulder. Well, plenty of people in the world sleep on the floor. Yeah. Like that's, yeah, so true. it's not like, do you, do you think that that's, so it's, it's corrective. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And it's, it's better for most of your. I tell people to do it if they're yeah. having shoulder problems. I'm like, sleep there. Wow. <laughs> interesting but my girl it might have come from a peep show no i'm gonna put this weird picture in people's heads no. jeff okay so jeff got this wood from <laughs> an old building it was not a mattress it was repeat not, it was not the mattress yeah okay and so you were you were having shoulder issues would you know what specifically what like yeah i played well playing I, I smashed my body pretty hard playing football. Like yeah. I was basically like a bullet in a gun getting shot out, hitting bigger guys than me all the time Do you with my head. Yeah. Do you watch um, 
a lot of sports science. I think I think that's what this, the TV show is called, the sports science. Do you oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. There was an episode. Tell me if you've seen this episode where it was like comparing rugby, um, the impact of, of rugby hits versus football hits. Yeah, no, I didn't see it. So it was essentially like the rugby, like the hits are more frequent, but they're not nearly as impactful as football hits. They're not kill shots. No. So oh. it was like completely opposite. So it was like football doesn't happen as often, but they're like way more impact way oh, more yeah. force oh yeah and like because of that usually like it, it worked out to be about the same force per game but like i think football players were more prone to injury because of that fact yeah i mean like i was playing in a time where you know there was no concussion well, there were some concussion guidelines but not really what year what year did you start in the league? I, it's, oh two, early 2000s okay so yeah. it was it was still um still like pretty it's pretty intense like there's you were rewarded by being giving people headshots like you kill shot somebody it's like yeah that was an awesome hit that would you're meant to hurt now people. you're penalized yeah right for kill shots right most of the time mm -hmm. especially in like nfl cfl is a little bit less less uh, safe in that in that sense i think um but yeah it's just a matter of like impact high impact all the time over a period of like I didn't, you know, I played football since I was like eight, 17, 16, 16. Mm -hmm. Takes a toll. <laughs> like even. But I mean, I didn't even play for that long. I played from like 16 to 24. Right. And then, um, and then I was out. I was like, I'm done. I'm off to school. This is what my major goal is here. I'm glad I did it. It was yeah. awesome. I learned a lot. Um, I experienced some uh, things I never thought I'd ever experience in terms of like playing with a team with like amazing athletes. Like. I've seen some guys, even guys who came to camp. Like I went to the Calgary St. Peter's camp, and I was drafted by them. And then I went to BC Lions camp. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of the guys that come in are just complete studs in the U.S. college scene, and right. then they get cut. And you're like, yeah, this yeah. guy, I watched him play football last year, and he's amazing, and he got cut. And I'm still on the team. Right? How's this happening? <laughs> if he got cut, yeah. yeah. Well, like like Canadian football, is, it, it protects Canadians in a way because you need to have a certain amount of Canadians on your team. The ratio has got to yeah. be okay. Yeah. What is that ratio? Has it changed much? Uh, it's twenty-one to twenty-two, or something. Something in the twenties, I think. Oh. Forty-six players on the team, I think, something like that. Okay. Twenty-three and twenty-four ratio of Canadians to Americans. Okay. But there's some great, like a lot of amazing Canadian athletes too that were playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I imagine. Yeah, there's some great, great guys. And then, what? And so, obviously, like f from a kid, like putting your body through this <laughs> was, but it wasn't. Your your first your first plan was focus on school. You wanted to pursue like because you studied kinesiology, yeah, right, and at U of C, yep, yeah, and then that you and it was always the plan to to graduate and to be to become a chiropractor or was like how did that yeah, work? Like, like and then how did the CFL like come between? Well, yeah, that there goal? was I had a first experience with a chiropractor was when I was in grade twelve or eleven, mm -hmm. and. Uh, it was an easy treatment. Like I do it all the time now, but it was the first one that it like relieved my headache because the car just pinched my sternocleidomastoid and my headache disappeared. I was like, "What is this crazy magical like <laughs> profession that this person's doing? This is yeah, amazing!" Yeah. Wow, he got rid of my headache. That's so impressive. It was from. Do you know if it was from football, from playing, or I don't, I don't random. remember. I just had a bad yeah, headache, and my mom's been pretty like she's been into like alternative medicine for a long time, mm -hmm. and um, and then when I went to uh, Calgary, I had uh, some great mentors who I who I had as practitioners working with me, and 
it just it's like magical stuff like you go in after a game you see these guys and it's like you didn't play the game you're like i feel mm. like i feel amazing mm-hmm. how this is such a cool profession how do they do this yeah versus so, like next morning like stepping out of bed like if you just got hit by a train yeah like, well that happens anyways <laughs> but i mean times. like three days after that like but you can Tuesday, but you can actually like recover now because yeah, like you get you, yourself some treatment and then your body's like ready to go mm-hmm. it's like so it's like a reset so i was very impressed with uh like the effects of it and then went into school and and then uh i learned all the different styles of practice that people do and i was like wow this is crazy i was exp- i was exposed to like the sports stuff and uh but there's so many different things so many different things mm-hmm. so the uh, so i kind of like had my kind of understanding and personal experience and stayed on that path because I I learned that that from my own experience that, that was something that was valuable for myself as an athlete. So that's mm-hmm. why I'm working with more of the athletic population, people who they have goals, mm-hmm. they want to do something cool, and, and they want to challenge themselves. And to get there, we can help show them the right way to get there. Mm-hmm. As we were like sports scientists come a long way since the '90s, a long way. Mm-hmm. So. And, and so it was the CFL, like, going to the league, was that just more of like a, well, I had the opportunity, so I should take it? Well, or I worked was for it. it? <laughs> I worked hard. Oh, of like, course. Yeah, it wasn't like it just. <laughs> well, I, like, in my in my last couple of years, like, I, I did pretty, like, I did well for myself. Like, I, uh, yeah, I, I, had, uh, I, had, I had some good good seasons and a lot of respect from players in the league or in the, in the Canada West uh, division. We didn't get any exposure because we didn't make the playoffs. Oh, okay. So we were always kind of like the second or third best team in our division. So we never went to the Vanier Cup or like the Western Finals or anything like that. Um, so we were kind of under the radar, but um, but yeah, we uh, produced um, some an all, like all Canadian running back in my third year, and I was the fullback for him, and we had a great offense. It was awesome. So that was a, a big kind of exposure to our to our team and kind of showcase my skills like right up front. Mm-hmm. And that brought the got the attention of you need three coaches to be interested in you to be invent to, to be invited to the combine. Mm-hmm. So the, C- the CFL combine is you invite Canadians from all over North America. It doesn't matter if they play in the states or Canada, and then they test you. So mm-hmm. our ours was in Montreal. So I got invited, and um, I walk in. There's guys from like Nebraska, and there's guys from like all over the states, Ohio, or like from like Oregon, and there's all the star Canadian athletes. I'm like, how am I here? This is so crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. Right. And uh, and uh, I performed pretty well, and I trained hard for it. And uh, I had some pretty good numbers and talked to some coaches. And they make you do, like, the Wonderlick test, like the IQ test and all that. And they do interviews to see how what your kind of angle is on, on life and all that. So, the uh, yeah, the, the St. Peter's, because I played in – Calgary, they saw me more than other teams. They they drafted me, mm-hmm. and they drafted me when I was getting ready to write my physics exam. So I'm sitting in the library at oh, UFC, what? and I have my physics textbooks open, and I and the draft is by, it was online. Oh, it was like, it was 2002, so like I had a computer open with the CFL draft page on, and it just kind of like refreshed really slowly, and it's like. Another name would pop up. Oh, what? <laughs> and then you'd see who got drafted. So the, the first round was I was drafted in the fourth or fifth round. I can't remember now. Oh, okay. And uh, it's hard to study for an exam. I just try when to, you're just like yeah, you're like, like wait, I'm like you're about to win the lottery. You can't just you can't be studying at this point. Like, yeah, yeah, it's true. It's like it's kind of a big a big show. Cool. Big 
And then, uh, so my name got selected by Calgary. I was like, oh, this is great. And um, I went back to kind of like just cr- prepping for the exam. And then the news crew came in and interviewed me. Oh, what? Like a newspaper crew. They found me somewhere in the library. What? They interviewed me, took a picture of me. <laughs> and then uh, I was like, guys, I got to go. I have an exam in like five minutes. So I go to this exam and I'm sitting down and there's rows of people. It's in one of the red, red or gold gym. And I'm sitting down and I'm looking at this this uh, this closed uh, exam. I open the first page and I look at the first question. I'm like, oh man, I don't know if I can do this. I flipped through the whole exam. I'm like, I can't concentrate on this. Yeah. So I flipped over my paper and I wrote, I, I'm sorry, I have to do, excuse me from this exam. I, I just got drafted by the Calgary Stampeders like five minutes ago. Hopefully <laughs> you can consider this in my final marks. I put up my hand and I left. Wow. And uh, the next day, the, um, the newspaper came out and I was on like the sports page. Me studying for my physics test. <laughs> <laughs> and then a couple of weeks, I guess it was like a month later, you, you, I, got, I got my uh, my my marks, like my uh, transcripts. And I opened up my transcripts and I looked down to physics. I went across and I went in with like a 73, I think. So if it, like if I failed that test, I would have been done. It was yeah. like 20 or 30 or 74 or something, something like that. And uh, it didn't change. They gave me the same mark. So I, I, <laughs> I guess that the head physics instructor saw my newspaper article. Yeah. like that. Oh, I'm gonna give him a the try. He's awesome. That's the only thing that's ever been a benefit for being a, a, an athlete in my whole life. <laughs> like that is awesome. You, you mean some people get out of speeding tickets, but yeah, Jeff I got passes physics, physics exams. Exam. Man, <laughs> it was great. It was great. Man, so yeah, I would imagine like it'd be tough. Now, did you have to? Because you didn't. Because that was before you graduated. Yeah. So, oh yeah. So I went back to school after. After I got, I got drafted by Calgary, mm-hmm. I went to the camp. I had a fantastic camp. Um, I was playing. They had just won the Grey Cup the year before. Oh, right. And uh, Kelvin Anderson was their running back, and they had uh, Marcus Crandall was the quarterback, and they had, like, an amazing defense, amazing offense. And I watched him in the Grey Cup the year before, and I'm like, in a game with these guys? This is so crazy. That's a dream, eh? Like, yeah, come true crazy. for you. That's awesome. Yeah, it was good. And then uh, – the, the the fullback who was a starter at the time was injured, so I got to play all these first-round reps with the starting offense. And, um, yeah, I was pretty sure that I was going to start, like, on that team because I had such a, good, such a good camp. Yeah. And I had some good experiences with, like, you have one-on-one drills, and you have to, like, take the take bring the wood. And I, like, knocked out one of their guys who's, like, their all-star uh, defensive line, linebackers. Mm-hmm. Knocked him out of camp with a concussion because I hit him so hard, and he was – it's kind of like the villain on the team, so everyone just loved that. Oh, so wow. there's a lot of t- team support from that. <laughs> yeah. But I went to the um, to talk to Wally Buono, who was the coach at the time, and he uh, he's like, Jeff, you know, you did a, you had a great camp. Uh, we have a couple a couple options for you. You can either come on the practice squad, or you can go back to school and finish up your your last year because I have another year of football to play. Right. And uh, it's like, well, you know, I I want to finish my degree, so I want to go and go back to school, and. Uh, He's like, great, we, we support that, and then we'll bring you back next year. Like, this is fantastic. Go back for my last year. And once you play in a professional league and go back to university, it's just, there's no, it's so slow. University right. seems so slow. So I had, like, another really good year. And it just seemed like I was ready for, I was ready for that next level. And uh, that year, that t- the team, the St. Peter's, they were purchased by a box factory owner from California. And he bought the team to play his son, who's a quarterback. And his son played down mm. in, um, uh, what's it called? 
It's the Mormon school down. Bring him up. BYU. BYU. So oh, yeah. he played BYU. They had West Coast offense. He's really good at short passes. And uh, he broke some of Steve Young's records. So he had some, like, oh, wow. Some, like, Steve stats, Young. right? Wow. So he's like, okay, brings this guy in. So he kind of forced this kid into the onto the team. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> bought, bought his way in. Bought his, way, <laughs> bought his kid on the team. He must have been reasonably skilled. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Reasonably yeah, skilled. Yeah, but, sure. like, compared to a professional CFL quarterback, mm-hmm. he didn't have arm strength. Okay. But the owner would force him into games. Yeah. So this is after I went back to school and the season continued on. Mm-hmm. I watched so you're watching, you're I watched this happen. It. Yeah, I watched it happen where they'd put the sun in during like kind of like games that weren't really quite decided yet. And Wally Bono, he's like he's a real football guy. He's, he's he doesn't give people breaks. He's like you got to earn your spot. Mm-hmm. It just tore him apart. So like the end of the season, him and the ownership had a huge like split and Bono's like I'm out of here. We're done and he moved to BC and he took over head coach here. Um, and that's where I got, they called me up like Jeff, cause I was a free agent at that time. And they called me up like, Jeff, we want you at the camp. So I flew to Vancouver. That's why I'm here. Cause I went to the camp in BC. Okay. I was going to ask, cause you grew up in Calgary. I grew up in Ontario. Okay. I, Ontario. So <laughs> okay. I, I walked in on it in Calgary and then went to the camp in Chilliwack, 45 degrees. There's guys from Alabama and from Texas. They're not even sweating after practice. Mm. And I'm just like, how is this possible? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then, uh, yeah, made the team and played in the home opener there. And only played in one game. Yeah. Uh, and then I was in the rest of the time as, as a practice roster. And it was good. It is it, all I really needed to get to in terms of, like, experience. In terms mm-hmm. of, I, I didn't want to be a professional football player. That wasn't the goal no. from, from the start. It's like, how far can I go with this thing? Right. And, you know, realistically, like, is this a is this a job for me? Like, is this going to be a career? And I didn't, my body's already had a very hard time with the impacts. So I was like, easy, it was an easy retirement. So is it, I went right to school right, right after that. Easy well, decision when you, when your body is literally like, body says, no way, man. Right. It's like, forget that. Yeah. But it wasn't even your first, necessarily your first like passion or direction anyways. Right. No, not really. Like it was one of those things. Like, this is fun. I'm going to see what I can do. Mm-hmm. And then from there, uh, went to school and, and like we were talking about earlier, like got into some music. Actually, it was like a concussion that gave me these weird musical skills. What? Yeah. Tell me about that. So there's this. <laughs> yeah. The, I all mean, of a sudden, I became Beethoven. All, all of a like, sudden, all I needed to do was I had hit these, my like, head. Audio. I have, I have this thing where I can, and I, it's happened a couple nights ago even, where I'll go to sleep, and well, there's okay. Who's the inventor who invented? Um, not Graham Bell, there's um, the, I can't remember his name, but what do you do is he'd sit on the couch and he'd put a uh, spoon over top of a glass. And by the time his spoon hit the glass when he fell asleep, he'd have an idea. And he'd go and, and create uh, this. I don't know. I don't know that story. Yeah, it's. Um, oh, okay. Oh, it's like some famous inventor. Famous inventor. Okay. I forget his name. Not Edison. I'm sure. Not Edison. No. I don't know any of But another one. One that you know. <laughs> okay. Is that one a, those are the only two I know. You look up inventor Google. Okay. He'll show up. Got it. <laughs> Space is there. Okay. But that's, it took him that short of time to like have that vision of something. And then he like pieced it together. He's like, like okay, that's it. He didn't really fall asleep. He was just like in between sleep mm-hmm. where he had this thing. And uh, I can do the same thing. What? Yeah. With music. So I'll kind of like get to a point where I am. It kind of feels like I have a, like I could, I could be in a dream mm-hmm. and then I can wake up in the dream. It's like lucid. It's like a lucid dream and I could like change the radio station to a song I like. 
Oh. The songs don't exist. It's just like it's, it's just, a it's, raw creation. It's a song that just like appears, and then I can wake wow. up in my dream. And I'll say, okay, I'm gonna record this on my guitar, and I'm gonna I'm gonna record it on my phone. So I'll like get out of my dream. I'll pick up my big guitar in my bed, and I'll play the song, and then I'll stop the recording, and I'll go to sleep. And then the next morning, I'll wake up, and I'll say, what the fuck was that? And then I'll have this folk version yeah. of like it could be an orchestral song, it could be like a electronic dance song. It just like kind of stripped down to its basic layers, and uh, I did that, and I have thousands of those songs. But it all came from this one concussion I think that I had. Like you weren't able to do it before. No, no. What? No. And concussions, you know, they're serious things. They're big topics right now. Yeah. We have a like a concussion clinic that we have that where we deal with like we help people return with that stuff. But um, there's a yeah for me it was like this weird gift that I got, so I um. So yeah, I, I started to um, yeah. So what happened? I got this concussion. I was carrying the ball against uh, University of Manitoba. They had a huge. It was like kind of like a wave was coming crashing down. We had <laughs> giant humans. Yeah. And I kind of ducked through a little hole, and someone hit me right in the side of the head, and I heard this whole like. <laughs> and from there on in, I, I felt that I was from the future. What? I went off this. Yeah, I went off this the field. I said, "Hey guys, we win this game, don't you know?" Like we played it before. And they're like, "What are you talking about?" You were, you were that concussed. <laughs> that concussed. Wow. That's that concussed. But uh, yeah, after that, that guy hit you into the, he <laughs> guy hit you into, into the into future. <laughs> hit me into the future. Yeah. You're like the Marty I, my, McFly of football. Totally. <laughs> my arms were dead numb, and coach is like, "Give me your helmet." Yeah, like, you're what? You're off. But I you're win this buddy. game. Come on. What? It's all crazy, right? Just like it's like something. you got like some sort of like premonition or like some like Nostradamus. Type well, of it was a big like well it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't because we were losing by like forty points oh okay like, <laughs> never mind almost impossible that wasn't the gift no no that no, no that was that was like total concussion that was a concussion okay. but then since then I started having this musical stuff so that's weird though because a lot of like so because a lot of um like really like all time rock stars they'll usually usually it's drugs you know sure sure <laughs> but this is like. This is kind of a, a strange, non-influenced um, um, process, right? Yeah, like it comes just with like, like sleep, right? It's like sleep can get me there, especially if I'm not fatigued. Yeah, like if I'm at a state where I'm like doing do you, pretty good. Do you feel like that's just, you're just like kind of accessing a different level? Is it like just different level in yourself, or is that just like a different level, different bump? You don't I know. Don't know where I, I'm not sure. I don't know where it comes from. And then yeah. sometimes it'll be like a like a music video that I'm walking into. So I see like this music video mm. of this song, and it's like, it's crazy. It's like, yeah, it's like you're dreaming of your. It's like musical inspiration. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so yeah, there's you know, starting a clinic, having a kid, you move three times in three years, like the stress load, it kind of like covers that stuff up. Oh uh, yeah. So I can't do it for a while. Oh, okay. But once I get to a point where I'm like able to like be more like energetic and and set, and it starts to come back. Interesting. Yeah. That's so I strive to have that balanced kind of lifestyle. Yeah. So that and that's kind of like, right now, putting my energy into, like I had a at a big time where like I said I had, I had thousands of those songs. I had like a big creative process of time, mm -hmm. and then I'm into more of a production start point in my life right now, and then the production point in my life after that is done. Then that's the big question is like, what's that next one? Right. So I'm kind of like in this production phase of my life right now. That's why you're outfitting your garage. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and again, it's not like a, it's a, this is a great, like we're in Strathcona Library right now. I live up the street mm-hmm. and um, this is a great little gem of a, a recording booth that they have here. It's all soundproof mm-hmm. and it's hot. So you think, yeah, it's, it's hot. <laughs> but you, so you think you might like come here and like experiment with some. Yeah. Some music or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you do that too. I mean, there's lots to do. Cool. Well, um, I just wanted to ask you a couple more questions about um, more specifically on, on your practice. So Movement Lab, like I said, I've been, been to the Gastown location. Um, when you're obviously like I can tell like it's got a really great vibe and um, like it, it's it's fun to be there. I'm sure it's fun to work there yeah, too, right? Um, is there are there stories that you're really proud of like as a business owner and as a practitioner uh, like something like you recall like either like you overcame that you had to, like, to get there or was it like just proud moments oh, sure. of, of the business first three years of business isn't easy for any business right and i've heard that in the past and because you've been I'd, running for six now mm, roughly yeah well it didn't really count and probably really five right okay first year i don't really count right it was more like a fun job <laughs> that was just survival like a hobby job <laughs> oh okay yeah Sure. But um, I wasn't really trying to make money. Mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to like make a, and I and, and again like I don't think that our our, our clinic is. I don't think I am a business owner. Owner. I'm more of like a service provider. Okay. I see it as that. It's mm-hmm. like we provide services, and we it's very altruistic type of work. Like we're not trying to trap people into stuff. And uh, it's like we're trying to be like straight up with people about like what to expect. Um, and some things that like and that's one of the things I'm pretty proud of is that we're. We're not gonna like trap you into something or scare you into things. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to just work with you, and every day is something awesome happens. Like every single day, mm-hmm. whenever you're, when there's someone in, it's like we solve a, we solve something that's been a problem for someone for four or five years, and get it like seventy percent better sometimes, right. right? Like, and you can make a make a make a, a range of improvements. And everyone's different, but like we can make some significant stuff depending on what it is. But uh, that's kind of like the standard of the clinicians at the clinic. And that's like we're expecting our practitioners to do this with people all day long. Mm-hmm. So the kind of interaction with practitioners. It's like is, these physical breakthroughs. Basically. Yeah, we celebrate cracking codes. We celebrate like finding. I'm sure that's a pun that's got a little bit old yeah, and inside, the, <laughs> inside the clinic. I never, I, we don't really use it, though. Really? No. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's true. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it, in a way like we want people to not be there, right? Like right. Our best, okay. our best sure. marketing is like our the people that come in. It's like yeah, you know, Jeff fixed my shoulder. It took me like two visits. Mm-hmm. It was like ninety percent better. Right. That's what I want people to say. Yeah. Right. And that's what I want word of mouth to to build through that. Um, I guess so, because yeah, your best client, your best, your best network or marketing would be like. Yeah, I don't have to go there anymore. You don't have to go. Yeah. That's what you want to hear <laughs> Great. From, from someone at a chiropractor. That's so clinics, funny how right? that works and how it perpetuates more business. Yeah, right? that's and that's what we want. I, that's my goal. So, like, I kind of don't want to be busy. Right. Because I want to try to fix people up pretty quick. Yeah. Um, but then you get busy mm-hmm. because that's kind of the expectation. That's your goal. But that's, that's good because that's kind of, like, helps your drive us to keep going. And is that is that what, like, you're – like, is that really what you enjoy about most about it is, like, well, yeah, I like physical breakthroughs. I like seeing people like months later, and they say, "Jeff, man, like you, like fixed my back, changed your life." Like, yeah, great, mm-hmm. it's awesome. It's good to hear because I don't know. 
right? Because I don't see people, I just see new people coming in. Mm-hmm. And some people come in for maintenance, people come in, we have our classes and we'll push you hard through those too. But um, yeah, we want to have like that kind of like street talk that we're doing good work. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the thing that we're, and we're, we're like associated with like events like Aprons for Gloves and yes, we're doing uh, like the Vancouver Beach Volleyball Open. We do that every year. Yeah, I remember. Um, that's 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 how I met you, right? But uh, I remember I was I, I came in for a couple of sessions, and Claire was looking at uh, mostly my shoulders for, for the, especially for boxing. I think that was a really important part. And <laughs> I remember she had me up against the wall, and I like something I couldn't do. I can't remember. You've probably done this exercise many times. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, and then, uh, but even after a couple of sessions, like we tried a couple of things, and I was like, wow. <laughs> this is i didn't even think like beyond just stretching sure right it is such a sp- like you can go so deep into it like you can you, you can attack it from such a different angle that that's really intriguing to me well it's good it's a crazy crazy thing that we are all walking around with mm-hmm. if you know how to use it and if it's use if you're using it well and if everything's kind of lined up it's uh it's crazy that your mind can make your body do things instead of like forcing your body to do things. Yeah. We want that. That's kind of the end goal. It's like we want your bo- your mind to drive your body. I was going to ask you about that because you have um, um, some neurological courses. Was it courses or yeah, like? Yeah, we have like reprogramming classes that we do where mm-hmm. it's all based on these protective patterns that we accumulate over time mm-hmm. and the ones that you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. like your, your brain kind of plugs those in. It's like you're plugged into these protective patterns, but you can unplug the protective patterns and plug back into these early movement patterns. And you can rewire those as your base base movements. Um, it just takes, you have to use like, there's this whole like neuroplasticity thing that we might've, might not have heard about where your brain changes depending on some factors Mm -hmm. and it will change based on your motivation to change, which is great for athletes Mm -hmm. who want to change or people with chronic pain, but you want to change. If you have to practice a lot to make the, the, the neuroplastic change and you have to be focused and there's all these ways that you can measure motivation. You can measure practice, but it's really hard to measure focus. Mm -hmm. So we're working on um, this uh, this app that measures your focus as you're doing these movements and gives you like a score. Um, oh, interesting! A future project. We were yeah. we we're, ho- we're hoping to launch a Kickstarter in November to launch this uh, project because we had to buy all this hardware and recode. We have like a, a base app that we have it developed to a point of uh, like a prototype, mm. um, but we needed a lot more investment. Uh, but I got I got. We hired a we hired a company and they totally screwed us over and it stopped our stopped stopped us in our tracks. Oh, in the development yeah, process. The development. Oh, damn. So, so and again, that's one of those things where it's like, it will kind of slow me down a little bit. But mm-hmm. then I try to reframe it and try to use that to motivate the next the next step. Mm-hmm. So that's um, we do these classes every day. We have eight classes a week, mm-hmm. and uh, you basically will come to the clinic. We'll say. Okay, what are your old injuries? Just a, just briefly, and then we introduce you to all these developmental positions, these milestone positions, and you hold them for ten minutes. Okay. And you shake, and it sucks. It's really really challenging to hold, load into the ground. Um, but you get better at them pretty fast if you keep practicing. And that's our ground control class, 
and it, it, it tries to open up the window of learning using all this like you're 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 trying to you're seeing these these movements of me again because they're so hard and you have to focus so your brain's like okay i'm learning this is important so it releases all these neurochemicals and it try and it helps solidify the neural pathways with like a dopamine release when you're done because you're solving the problem right and then you kind of get hooked on getting better and you start to feel better and your posture is more automatic and you you go where your body wants to go and this is kind of the stuff that we see mm-hmm. with doing this class so someone who has chronic pain you're protected and you don't want to move it but we try to get the brain to say no 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 it's not injured anymore let's reset this protective pattern and put it in the back seat let's plug back into the neural neural developmental pattern and uh, get the brain to pick up the stabilizers again and then build up the endurance again you're calling that neuroelasticity is that what it's you're the print the process is called neuroplasticity it's called like oh okay it's like gotcha. your brain's a plastic bubbling gooey ball of movement right there's all this electrical activity going on mm-hmm. and um and it's and you connect to what you do so it's all based on you fire a bunch of stuff together your brain ends up wiring all that stuff together and is that a more modern approach for chiropractors is that a little bit yeah outside the box yeah oh yeah for sure um it's uh there's there there are types of like education that we're learning from the europe like there's um the, there's a thing called the Prague School of Medicine, and they've been doing this neural development process for 60, 50 years, and they do it in their hospitals. Okay. So they have this set up there. It's a different style. Like, they do a lot more movements with their infant patterns. We do a lot of no movements. It's a lot of intramuscular like, coordination. Okay. And um, and we uh, I just I change I kind of like reformatted the pack the, the the program to I think be more efficient for like getting the base set. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's just challenging. It's really hard. But it's very beneficial too. Mm-hmm. We do it. That's so good. I, because uh, I, I have, because I, I know a lot of friends that, um, that, I mean, are athletes, of course, right? And so it's, but it's, but I haven't heard of a lot of them focus on that side of, of, uh, I guess the physiological side is, is the most common, but no one, not a lot of high performance athletes that I know. They, they think about this neuroplasticity. No, it's like everybody's working one level above this. Right. So, like, they don't have that real, real solid base, and they're doing more strength conditioning before they have the base. Gotcha. So it's um, it's it's a sports performance. We I, I think it's, like, one of the most missed um, components of sports performance, and it's so valuable. And uh, Do you think it's on the rise, though? Well, yeah, the focus I mean, on the focus on like the mental side of things. Yeah, it's 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 um, it comes down to self talk too. Mm. Like when you're doing this stuff and it's so difficult and so painful, you have to say, "Hey, body, this is not injured. I don't have to protect against these things. You kind of have to like give into it." Oh, okay. And it's a meditation. It's like a fun- we call it functional meditation. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's designed on this like old built. It's this built-in program that's been there since we've been developing. It's nothing new. It's like combining a bunch of things together that work together synergistically mm-hmm. and then framing it into a, a class where you have other people doing it at the same time and it is uh something that you can't get hurt really doing uh, it's very safe and it is a very high benefit to risk ratio right so it's it's great for kids it's great for people who are injured it's great for 
people who are athletes who want to add that to their program. So like it works on a lot of different levels. Mm-hmm. It's great for coaches to teach because it's simple and it's very easy to get like groups doing it. So we're working on getting that as a as a educational part of what we do at the clinic to educate yeah. other coaches and trainers. It's just and it's a regular thing that you offer anyways. Yeah, right? we do yeah. It all the time. Yeah, yeah, we have our classes all the time. Awesome, cool. Well, we should wrap it up. We've been talking for over an hour. I, wow, yeah. <laughs> time flies. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, I did um, want to ask though, like where where can people find you? Because like we talked about your yep. locations, where uh, one in Gastown. Yeah, one in Gastown, one in North Shore, uh, Brooks Bank Avenue, mm-hmm. with North Shore Studios. Uh, the other one's Gastown, that uh, where the spaghetti factory is. Same building, mm-hmm. um, movementlab.com. It's spelled M-V-M-T-L-A-B.com. Okay. You can call Great. us. You can use your phone. Yeah. Internet. Heard of those. Online booking, you know, okay. whatever you want. And then, uh, yeah, we're willing to always try our best with anybody who comes in who's new and try to fix it up. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, that's okay. all we can do. That's awesome. <laughs> no, that's good. I Okay, well, last, totally last question. I don't know how many podcasts you listen to. But I just wanted to ask you what, what, what's your favorite? Ah! What, what's your favorite? What's your favorite podcast? Man, that's none of the business. Oh, okay. <laughs> Enough questions. All right. Thank you so much, Jeff, Thanks for being on the show. Great. <laughs> All right. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Nanya. Please share this episode with your network and shoot me a comment on Twitter at Skyler underscore Dietz or on our Instagram page at Nanya Podcast. So until next time, have a great day.